0: Scripture reading this morning comes from Proverbs chapter 4. Writes, Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness, they do not know over what they stumble. My son, be attentive to my words and incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, that all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. This is the word of the Lord. You know, I don't know if there has been a time that we have been so focused on security and guarding and protecting what we have, right? And we have... Uh, locks on our doors, we have locks on our car doors, uh, we have a lock for everything. We have a lock for our bicycles, uh, we have a, locks on our phones, you know, password-protected locks. We have locks on our computers to keep people from getting inside there. Uh, we have locks or passwords on our Wi-Fi networks, you know, to keep people from accessing our internet access. Uh, we can even take classes. My son is going to ninth grade, they, are, they could take a class on cybersecurity in the ninth grade. Security is a big deal. You know, guarding what we have is a big deal. Parents, you know, when our children get these electronic devices, we go in and we put these parental controls on them, right, to keep them from accessing inappropriate material. And so we're very conscious of wanting to secure and guard and protect that which is valuable to us. But what I find is that, and maybe this is true of you, we spend so much time guarding our possessions, securing our possessions, protecting them. But I wonder how much time we spend guarding that which is our greatest possession. And you may say, well, Ron, what is our greatest possession? I would say our most valuable possession that God gives us is our heart. And I'm not talking about that muscle located inside your chest that beats 100,000 times a day and over the course of a year beats around 35 million times and over the course of your lifetime beats 2.5 billion times. I mean, that's a fantastic gift. And we all want our heart to keep beating as long as possible. And that's a wonderful gift. But that's not the heart I'm talking about. When I say The most valuable possession God gives us is our hearts. I'm referring to the center of our intellect, will, and emotions. It's what the Bible also refers to as our inner man or our soul. Look with me at Proverbs 4.23. I want to look at one verse that I think helps us to understand this chapter and also the book of Proverbs and why it's so important. Proverbs 4.23 says, keep or guard your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life. So the father's telling his son here in chapter 4, get wisdom, get insight and you need to guard your heart above all else. You need to be vigilant in guarding your heart, protecting your heart, keeping your heart above all else because It is the source of life. From your heart flows all of the rest of your life. Everything that you do, everything that you say. So Proverbs tells us that we should guard our hearts above all else. So I want to answer or seek to answer two questions this morning. The first one is, why should we guard our hearts? And the second is, how do we guard our hearts? So let's let's look at that first question and seek to answer it. Why should we guard our hearts? Well, I'm sure you've heard the story about Flint, Michigan and the the water issue they're having up there with the lead in the water. You know, tens of thousands of uh, children and adults have been affected by the uh, poison drinking water there in Flint, Michigan. I want you to imagine for a moment that you live in Flint, Michigan, and imagine you're sitting in your living room and you're watching the news one evening, and the news reporter comes on and says, "Uh, we have just discovered that the drinking water in all of Flint it has been poisoned with lead. And as you're hearing this report, out of the corner of your eye, you see your son, who's three years old, standing on the tips of his toes with a glass trying to fill his water cup with water out of the kitchen sink. Now, what would you do? Would you do this? Uh, son, don't get the water out of the kitchen faucet. It's poisoned. Instead... Go to the bathroom faucet and use that water. It should be okay. No, that would be ridiculous because it's not the faucet that's poisoning the water, right? It's the source. It's that which delivers water to the whole town. And so it doesn't matter what faucet you go to, you're going to receive poisoned water. An article came out just the other day and they said this. It says the lead got into the water starting in 2014 after water suppliers switched the city's water source from the Detroit Water Authority, which pulls water from Lake Huron, to the Flint water system, which takes it from the Flint River. And so, because they switched water sources, that is what caused uh, the poisoning of the drinking water. And so, the failure to, to safeguard The source resulted in the poisoning of thousands of people. And just like the water source provides water to all the homes in Flint, our hearts, or from our hearts, flows the streams of life. In other words, who you are is defined by the condition of your heart. Because out of the heart flows your life. Jesus said it this way in Luke 6.45. He said, The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. And this is why the writer of Proverbs is telling us, You need to guard your heart. Because from it flows your life. What you think, what you say, what you do, it all flows from your heart. It is the fountain of life. And so, what is the condition of your heart this morning? Is your heart in tune with God this morning? Have you put great thought into securing, protecting, and guarding all of your material possessions but perhaps maybe you've left the door of your heart wide open to allow whatever wants to come in to come in. You know, it's so easy to do that, isn't it? I just think about my own heart. It's so easy to just allow whatever wants to come in to come in because we think we're stronger than we are. You know, we think that, well, uh, you know, I can handle seeing things because it doesn't shake my heart. Or I can handle hearing things because it doesn't really affect me. Or it's no big deal if I experience these things, I can walk away unfazed. One thing is for sure, and that is we are always changing. Our hearts, they refuse to remain the same. Do you see that in your own life? Your heart heart refuses to remain the same. It either grows brighter or becomes darker. It either becomes more sensitive to the things of God or it becomes more calloused to the things of God. But one thing's for sure, it will not remain unchanged. And this is why if we want to be the people God wants us to be, we have to guard our hearts. We have to be conscious of what is coming in and what is flowing out. Now, before we answer the question, how do we guard our hearts, we're going to get there. I want to make make something very clear. You know, the Bible, when it talks about our hearts, it speaks about our hearts in at least two ways. The first way can be seen in Jeremiah 17, 9. This is what it says. The heart is deceitful above all else and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And then Jesus says this in Mark 7, 21 and 23. He says, "...for within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person." So when the Bible speaks about our hearts... On the one hand, it says that our hearts are bent towards selfishness and evil. Okay, But the Bible also says that those who place their faith in Jesus Christ, when they do that, when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, something happens to your heart. Listen to Romans 5, 1-5 as I read this to you. Paul says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that, the, that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. So Paul is saying, at the very least, those who have placed their faith in Jesus have been justified by faith. They are standing in the grace of God. They're in God's family. And God has poured His love into your heart. So there has been a change that has taken place in your heart. Listen to what Ezekiel says when God speaks through the prophet Ezekiel back in the Old Testament when he's foreshadowing and forecasting the coming of Christ and what would happen when you place your faith in Christ. He says in Ezekiel 36.26, God says, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And so what we learn about our hearts from the Scripture is that those who have faith in Jesus Christ have undergone a heart transplant. There's been a change. There's been something that's been given to us that we didn't have before. You know, God has deposited His Spirit within us and thereby has given us the opportunity to see our hearts changed and become in tune with Him. And it's by trusting in the Spirit of God that we guard our hearts. Or as James says in James 4.8, he says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So we ought to guard our hearts because it is the greatest possession God has given us. and, And from it flows the rest of our lives. All that we do, it all flows from our heart. And so if we're to protect and guard and secure anything that we have, it ought to be our hearts. So now let's answer the question, how do we do that? How do, we, how do we guard our hearts? Well, for those of you who have faith in Jesus Christ, your heart is like an instrument that has, been in, that has been tuned to God. You know, just like this piano, some of you can tell maybe more than others whether or not this piano is in tune. But if you were to come up to the piano or something were to happen and it, it was bumped real hard or it become jarred or just over time it was worn it would lose its tune, it would be out of tune. And so every year, you know, we as a church we have to bring someone in to tune our pianos. Because they just eventually left to themselves, they get out of tune. And our hearts are like these instruments. We've been given a new heart. It has this ability to be in tune with God. But left to ourselves, it can get out of tune. But unlike the piano, that can maybe only be tuned once a year, and that's sufficient. Our hearts need to be in tune with God every day, moment by moment. And the way we do that is that we utilize the ways that God has given us to tune our hearts to Him. And I'm just going to give you several, just practical ways that we can tune our hearts to God, to guard our hearts, to protect our hearts, and to... um, walk with Him. First one is prayer. Spending daily time in prayer with God reminds me of bowling. You know, Wacky Wednesday, you, you children, you're going bowling. Um, I don't know how, you, how good you are in bowling. How many of you feel pretty confident that you can break 200? Oh, Lily, 200. That's impressive. What about 150? What about 100? Wow, we have some terrible bowlers in here. Remind me not to have a bowling team from the church. We'll have to do some other sport. I'll tell you one of the the greatest inventions that they have come up with are called gutter guards. Right? And usually what they do is they use this for children's birthday parties. But if you haven't seen these, basically what they are is they have these guards that, that go in the gutters on either side of the lane... So the child can go and basically just throw the ball forward. <laughs> and it bat- It's almost like a, a pinball machine, uh, but we're bowling. And the ball you know, hits the gutter guard, and it hits the other gutter guard. It keeps bouncing, and then finally it hits some pins down. And the child's excited because it hit some, you know, the ball hit the pins down, which is the goal, right? You're supposed to hit the pins down. And so what the gutter, the gutter guards do is it just kind of keeps the ball moving in a beneficial direction. And that's what prayer does for us. Daily time with God, praying with the Lord, talking with the Lord. uh, It's like these gutter guards. It just helps us to keep our hearts in tune with Him. It helps us, direct us in a beneficial way. Second thing that helps us stay in tune with God is Bible reading. You know, without the Bible, the hearts that God gives us would starve to death. Because the heart that God gives... Through Jesus Christ, craves the Word of God. Now, here's the reality we don't always crave God's Word. And that's because we still have to deal with some of the the residue of our old heart, right? And so we don't always do the things that we ought to do. But the heart that God gives craves the Word of God, needs the Word of God. The Bible is like a pacemaker to your heart. Some of you have pacemakers. They're wonderful tools because they keep your heart beating the way it's supposed to be. It keeps it beating the way it's designed to beat. And so what the Bible does is it keeps our hearts focused on God and who He is and who He wants us to be. And when we deviate from that, the Holy Spirit reminds us, convicts us, challenges us until our beats get back in rhythm. And so hearing the word of God, reading the word of God uh, helps us stay in tune with God, helps us guard our hearts. Another practical way we can guard our hearts is be in Christian community. You know, you all remember this game Red Rover? Red Rover, Red Rover, send Ron right over. And then what I would do is I would run toward this line of people that are joined with their hands are joined together and I would try to break through the line. I was thinking about this game and I was thinking you know sometimes we just kind of run headlong into sin I mean we want we're going after sin we're just kind of off track and we need people that are going to stand there with arms held together and help keep us from diving into sin or staying in sin right we need people that are going to rally around us and help us guard our hearts help us stay in tune with God And my question is, do you have anybody like that in your life? Do you have people that are holding their hands together, trying to help you focus on the Lord? If you don't have that, you need to join a Sunday school class next Sunday. Because it is in that small group that you're able to link arms with people, get to know people that will help point you to Christ. So Christian community is is very important if we want to guard our hearts. Another one is giving. Just giving. I'm not talking just giving to the mission of this local church. I'm talking about just being a generous person with what you have. Because the new heart that God gives us, you see it all throughout Scripture, the new heart that God gives us is a giving heart. And when we fail to give of ourselves for the good of others, we dim the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ that resides in our heart. It's just not as bright. And so we want to err on the side of generosity. Our heart matures and stays in tune with God when we have an open hand, not a closed hand. And so we want to be a giving people. And lastly, last tip I would say that would help us stay in tune with God to guard our hearts is to share the Gospel. You know, the heart that God gives us is like a cannon that is designed to shoot Gospel bombs. But the beauty of these bombs is that they create life and not death. (laughs) As they're shot out into the world, they bring about peace with God, not alienation. And it's just like anything else you shoot. The more you shoot it, the better your aim, right? And so one of the things that helps us stay in tune with God and guard our hearts is to, is to be intentional about sharing what God's doing in our lives, pointing people to what Christ has done for them, and sharing that with them. And these are just some of the ways that we can, we can guard our hearts. Because, you know, we put so much effort. I mean, think about all the passwords you have to remember. Remember? I mean, we put so much effort guarding all our possessions. How much more should we put in thought and effort in guarding our greatest possession? This new heart that God has given us in Christ. So I want to challenge you to guard your hearts because from your hearts flows the wellspring of life, flows the paths of life. Close your very life. Let us pray. Father, your word's clear that our hearts, these, these new hearts you give us, uh, are a wonderful possession. And you tell us to guard our hearts, purify our hearts, so you give us a role to play in this process. And Lord, I pray that each of us would be intentional and be careful as to what we allow into our hearts. Because we want that which flows out of our hearts to be pleasing to You. Lord, help us to do that through Your Spirit this week. In Jesus' name, Amen.